Why do aviation businesses fail? That question answered and more on this episode of The Grease Pilot Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Grease Pilot Show. My name is Michael Sawyer, the host for the show. And today we're uh, touching on an interesting topic that um, I'm not sure very many people talk about. They may, don't know, but it happens all the time. It happens across the board in business. Um, People give up. Aviation businesses fail. And uh, today we're going to talk about the main reasons why. I'll share with you some of my failures and uh, what I've learned from them, which is the biggest thing of a failure. And um, yeah, so we're just going to jump right into this thing here. Before uh, we even get started, our podcasts are airing at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, Mondays and Fridays. 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, Mondays and Fridays. If you have something you want to hear or you want to talk about, tune into the show. <clears throat> you can uh, like or subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast station or go over to our website, The Grease Pilot or greasepilot.com and uh, at the bottom there at the footer we have the the grease pilot show go ahead and tune in and just drop us a line or you can email us at office at greasepilot.com we'd like to hear from you so tune in or give us your feedback so uh i think that one of the main reasons why businesses fail aviation businesses because i'm going to I'm going to speak on those particular in particular, but this probably goes, this is my opinion, and this is probably across the board for all businesses, <clears throat> passion, right? So one of the cool things about aviation is it's a very, and there's a lot of people that like it. It's not like insurance or, and no, I'm not dogging any of these industries. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people that like to fly that like to be around planes, that like mechanics, um, that like engineering on planes. So I don't think there's a lack of passion in the industry. I think that there's a lot of people that um, really enjoy it a lot, and that's why they get into it. That's exactly why I'm here today talking talking about aviation on a podcast, because I love it. I wouldn't be able to talk this much about any other subject or have the knowledge on any other subject, because I haven't done... This is where I've spent most of my life in this industry. So um, if you have passion for something, you're already setting yourself up for success. Um, And a lot of times, like I have good friends that, well, I have a good friend that doesn't seem to figure out which, which route he should take, what his passion is. And I never had that issue. Um, So I'm not sure how to answer that question. I can tell you that when I decided that aviation was it for me, I decided to reflect back on what I was spending my time doing previous to getting involved with aviation in high school. And I knew that I liked airplanes. I, I thought, hey, what, as a child, what did I love so much? I loved airplanes. I loved them so much. What else did I like? I liked working on stuff. Right? I told you that I tried becoming a pilot first and uh, didn't have the money, so went to mechanic school. And, um, to this day or today, I'm glad that that route happened. And I think it's for a reason because I don't think I want to be a, 
I, I know I don't, maybe down the road, but I couldn't see myself being an airline pilot or a corporate pilot. I think I found exactly what I was meant to do. The freedom that I have with uh, being an entrepreneur in aviation is, uh, I, it's unexplainable, really. Uh, and I think that's the way I'm supposed to live my life. So <clears throat> I've, I've enjoyed the ride. But the point is that I looked back when I decided to engulf myself in aviation I looked back and thought to my childhood, to my younger years, and thought, what am I doing? What have I loved? What have I always been interested in? And that may be a good way for you to find your passion is just to sit down. It's hard in this day and age. I get it. There's, you know, TikTok and Snapchat and all these social media outlets that you can get involved with. There's the phone, the iWatch, and, or whatever the watch is on your wrist, and I'm not here to dog any of this stuff. I'm this this thing's all about opinions, but they can be distracting. Take off the iPhone watch, put your phone away, put your computer away, go to a room, shut the door, take some deep breaths. This may sound w weird to some of you, but it, it works. And relax and focus on just the thought of what do I like? What's my what do I love to do? And have that conversation with yourself with your eyes closed. And what you come up with, you need to write down. Um, getting your thoughts out on paper is great. <clears throat> it gives you structure. It gets it out. And so these are some tips that I, I use to, I mean, I didn't have to go to this extent because I knew. But I know that I do this often if I'm faced with an issue. Um, I don't do it often enough. But I know that that's what I, I do when, when I'm faced with something that needs some focus. So, um. The next thing is determination. I'll go through some of these corners. A lot of these, are, you know, I'm going down this list and I'm saying them. And I'm like, everybody knows this. Everybody knows. Well, if you don't know, we're going to talk about it now. But these sound cliche and they sound like, yeah, I get it. But um, I'm here to tell you from a small business perspective that they're right on point and, and they're, they're true to every degree. And if you haven't ran a small business before, get ready to be tested and every sector of your life. I like to say it's the emotional, physical, and mental uh, exercise every day because depending on what you're doing, you're going to be tested in all those areas. In aviation maintenance, for sure I was. <clears throat> so, and if you're growing, you're always going to be testing those, uh, your, your ability to, in those three areas. So being determined, you know, at the end of the day, passion helps determination. Passion helps you naturally become determined. Let me take a drink here. My coffee. I think this is season seven. I'm getting to the point now where I'm starting to, I got a clipboard of all these ideas, but I'm starting to wonder how do guys make hundreds of podcasts? And I think it's because they just get people on and they make it more interesting and and I keep saying that we're going to have people on. It's my seventh episode. So we're going to get some people on. The thing is, is I don't want to sound, I don't want the podcast to be amateur. I've been told that you got to kind of build it up before you get some good guests on there. So my first guest is going to be my partner. And I got to, <clears throat> he's not a talker, but I'm going to convince him to come on the show and, and um, talk a little bit about what he's doing. So that maybe we'll uh, record that today. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm supposed to meet up with them today. So 
uh, determination. You have to be committed to doing this thing. There's no halfway in. Burn that bridge behind you and do it. You'll live. I guarantee it. Fourth um, is consistency. These are reasons why businesses are failing. Lack of these things. Deter passion, determination, consistency, they all fall in the same boat. you got to have passion to have the determination to have the consistency. If you don't have the passion, you can have the determination. You can have the consistency. But I guarantee you, you won't like it. And I guarantee you that eventually you'll, you'll want to shoot yourself in the face. Guarantee it. And if, if you can endure this life doing something you don't like a whole lifetime, then why? Why? That's my big question to you. I really want to hear that. If you have something to say about that or you, you got input, please bring it on the show. Let's hear about it. <clears throat> so, consistency. These are things that, like, as the... After being in business now for... Uh, being in aviation for 15 years, I think, I don't know, somewhere around there, I look back and I realize what has gotten me to what has gotten me to the, this point. Uh, being a business owner that has his own schedule, um, I don't really turn wrenches that much. I'm going to go help do an inspection today, and that's great. I like turning wrenches. I thought at first that I wouldn't. Um, I thought when I, when I was doing wrenches, you know, 10 hours a day, six days a week, of course I got burned out on it, right? But I kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and I kept investing time into it. And eventually I got to the point where now I don't even, I went from that to inspecting all day, uh, getting mechanics to do most of the wrench turning, and I would inspect the planes. And to this day, I still help with the inspecting with my <clears throat> partner's uh, business. I don't have... I don't own the business that I go help inspect in, but I go down there and help him inspect planes just to keep my eye license up. But I, um, I, I find that I need to have a balance of turning wrenches and inspecting because once I quit turning wrenches, I became almost fragile. My body started hurting more. I, I thought that I needed to take a break, and I did, but not moving also can hurt your body. So, like, sitting still makes me stiff, and, and so I found out that there's a good balance between the two, but... Uh, going back to the what can make you fail, it's consistency. And you have to do something every day. Every day you have to do something towards your goal. And we're going to back it up, and I'm going to kind of go out of order here, but this is 100% true. For those of you who don't have a goal, good luck. Good luck to you. As uh, Zig Ziglar would say, you're just a wondering generality, you know, and <clears throat> it's true. It's 100% true. You know, if you don't have a destination, you know, I, I like the analogy that I, I think, uh, I know Arnold talks about this, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, if you get on a ship, a cruise ship, and that cruise ship doesn't have a destination and just goes out to sea burning gas, what's the point? Okay, I could see how, well, I'm doing it for fun, okay. Are you going to do business for fun then? Because I can tell you if you're going to do it for fun, then you got to have a lot of money because you're going to burn your money. Now, if you got on that ship, let's say it's the business ship. It's the ship of business. It's the ship of entrepreneurship. You, you're not going to go on that boat to go burning gas in the ocean. You want to get on that boat to have a destination, to go somewhere, to get something done. And that's the same with business. 
you have to have a destination you have to have a goal you have to have a vision no doubt the clearer the more defined it is the better and then when you hit it you set another one that's all business is is goal setting and accomplishment pivoting and accomplishment the way that you can uh, get your business can accomplish those goals you know or excuse me the way that you have to pump yourself up to get to those goals it's up to you I like the simple philosophy of writing my goal down on paper every day on my checklist I have a check I have a literally a clipboard I've been doing this for years clipboard yellow legal pad of paper I have hundreds of legal pads of paper stashed in my house and I simply <clears throat> I simply write down my my task for the day and at the top of the page every day I write my goal and you may say well that's pretty repetitive why you got to write down your goal because every time I write it down I solidify it a little bit more and every time I write it down I get a little more I realize that that's my goal and I have to do it I have to do it I have to do it every day I remind myself so that is how I do it you can put a post-it note in the bathroom to remind yourself some people I've seen people do a vision board where they literally make like a collage of pictures and things that make them imagine what their goal is and they see it every day you got to set your goal and have a vision and then consistency plays into that because you have to consistently do something towards that goal some days will be better than others you know you're gonna run into days where you're gonna there are so many days where you just feel like you didn't get anything done but I can guarantee you you did something because maybe you learned that a particular step didn't work and um, so uh, my dog's up there barking I think he needs to be let out but um, hopefully my wife goes and lets him out here if not we'll pause it and we'll I'll be right back okay we're back short little break <clears throat> kind of let the, do the doggy out or else he's gonna poop on my floor um, consistency I've kind of hit this over and over and uh, you got to be consistent excuse me you got to be consistent do something every day towards your goal make sure your goal is defined um, I have that yellow pad of paper I said I write my my task to the the goal at the top also helps me stay on track when I write when I write my goal at the top of the at the top of the pad of paper every day that's the system I use it helps me solidify the goal and it also helps me know what I need to do for that day you know it, it, there's a lot of garbage you can do right for a business you can think that you're doing a lot but in all reality you're just kind of burning up the time so don't mistake movement for progress uh, another quote from Denzel Washington there's I'll throw out all these quotes that I've heard that have stuck with me and um, don't mistake movement for progress and I like that one because it's like it's true just because you're doing a lot doesn't mean you're doing a lot towards your goal so do your goal stay consistent every day do something towards the goal and then <clears throat> the next um, subject I have is poor planning um, guys who go who just go at something off a limb you know and they they dig at it 
I don't know. I think that you can do it, and this is obviously this is all my opinion, but you have to plan to some degree. You know, you have to um, put some some plan on paper. So you have to plan to some degree um, what you, what you're gonna do to get to your goal. And um, for me, like I said, it's that pad of paper, and. <clears throat> You can Google like the different ways to set goals, to achieve them, but don't get bogged down in the different, you know, the internet is great because it has a lot of information. The internet sucks because it has a lot of information. And what I mean by that is there are so many people that just get bogged down with the, oh, I could do it this way. I could do it that way. I, I listened to this guy. He said to do it this way. I listened to that guy. He said to do it that way. And and before you know it, you've done a year of figuring out what every else, everyone else's method is. And you haven't gotten anywhere. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I kind of creep towards that thought some days. My system's the pad of paper on a clipboard. I write down my goal at the top. I do what I need to support that goal every day. What needs to be accomplished? That's my system. I don't care what anybody else is doing anymore. I'll listen to what they have to say. And if I need to, I can tweak my goal setting. But I've been doing this for five years, and it's very effective for me. And so what I'm saying is just like finding your passion, find your way of setting your goals, make it routine, and just do it. You know, you're going to, when your gut tells you that you can watch other people that influence you on how to do things, how to set goals, how to support it, how to put a plan together, how to put a one-year, a three-year, a five-year, whatever. There's so many different ways of doing it. But there's no right or wrong way. It's what works for you. So watch some people online. See what they do for goal setting. YouTube it, whatever. Google it. It's all out there. There's tons of information. And then put the pen to paper and map out what you're going to do. What your gut tells you you should do. And then go for it. It's not easy to rewire your brain to, to start doing something new. But you have to be repetitive. <clears throat> so make sure you plan. The people who don't plan, you're at a higher rate of failure, guaranteed. The people who don't have goals, you're at a higher rate of failure. I guarantee it. If we were to look it up, and, you know, another thing, online can tell you one thing or the other, but I'm here to tell you that if, let's go ahead and do a survey. We'll pull all the top uh, people in aviation business, and let's f hear your feedback. If you own an aviation business, I want to hear... If you think that having goals is a good thing or a bad thing, let's just be completely flat across the board here. If you have goals, are you more likely to succeed or are you more likely to fail? That's the question I'd like the business owners to chime in on and just tell me why. That's it. Let's hear from some other people. The next thing is routines are key. And it kind of goes into consistency, but for me... Um, there are times where I don't have routines, maybe because I got burned out, right? But like, at the end of the day, that's maybe a weakness of mine. Even when you're burned out, you should do your routines. But if you're burned out from working so much, then you need to kind of relax the amount of time you're work working on your project. Um, <clears throat> ideally, if you're passionate about it, then you're going to be able to work more at it. You know, in aviation, if I didn't have a family, then I would probably work at this thing 12 hours a day, uh, six days a week. And then on Sunday, the day I don't work, I'd probably be losing my mind because I don't know what to do. 
that's where I'd probably try to go see a friend or family member and just hang out. So that's what I did before I had a family, before I had a wife. And now, you know, my time is filled up with family stuff. So I don't have really a lot of time to do. I don't, you know, my business time cut back tremendously. And I'm glad that I started when I did to build up what I did. But you can do it. Even if you have a family, it's not a, you can do anything. Uh, I'm telling you right now. Uh, so routines are key. So for me, um, you know, I've been doing this routine. Every time something new comes into my life, I kind of, my routine might get a little, uh, changed a little bit, but the pad of paper has been a routine of mine. The legal pad of paper on a clipboard with a pencil has been a routine of mine from 2015. It's 2022. 2015 is when I got my, I think, purchased my first shop, right? I've been in aviation maintenance and aviation operations for like 15 years, but I became a, a business owner in 2015. Actually, 2013 is when I, I started my own business, didn't know what I was doing. Um, but the, the long story of it is in 2015, I started adopting this clipboard thing and made it, made it what it is today. That's seven years, and that is a routine for me. I've been doing this. It goes into a, I used to have a messenger bag. I'd carry my laptop, my essential business gear with me, but now it's turned into a backpack. We got these cool backpacks from the flight school and I needed to, I just had to have one. So I got this backpack now and it holds all my business stuff, which is like a pad of paper and clipboard, backup pad of paper, hard drive, external hard drive, laptop, charger, pens, pencils, um, <clears throat> recording gear now, my iPhone 10, uh, the road, uh, mic set up. And so all that stuff goes in the bag. That way it's with me. And I just carry my bag so I can go do a business wherever. But um, the routines are key. So having the clipboard is routine for me. A routine that I've adopted recently, and this is partly because I have a family, is now I get up at, like I used to get up when I had to be when I was running a shop or a maintenance business, um, which now I, the one I'm running now is all, is all remote. But when I would run like a physical shop or I was the one doing the wrench turning with the mechanics, I would get up, I'd always be there at least 10, 15, 30 minutes early from eight o'clock or start time. And it was about a half hour drive. So I'd be up around six, six thirty, Uh, and that allowed me every day I'd get up, I'd get there before the employees to show that I met that like, Hey, you know, if your employees are beating you to work, that sucks. That's a poor image. So that used to be my routine getting up then and just going at the day. I'd always, uh, use my clipboard to plan out my day. I'd use the clipboard to task out the, the mechanics. Right. And then, um, the day kind of just went on. Right. I, I think we tried to do like a meeting at lunchtime to kind of realign ourselves, but the day, as the day went on, it just turned into this chaotic, like shit's going everywhere, right? But the, the goal of finishing jobs was the key. Um, <clears throat> but now my routine, since I, the, the maintenance company I have now is a mobile operation. We have uh, 140 mechanics on the roster uh, and they're not employed with us. They're all contractors, but they, within our, um, network, we have that many and we're doing maintenance in all 50 States. Pro we, we can, we haven't done a lot of maintenance in a lot of places cause we have like hot spots, but 
the, the thing I'm saying here is now I don't report to an office as much. I'm kind of on the road all the time. I'm on my computer. I got to make sure I have this stuff with me and to make sure that we're, um, to make sure I can check in on the jobs and stuff like that. But so my routine now is like getting up at 5.30 to 6 a.m. every morning and uh, I have a cup of coffee. I come down here, shoot the podcast for an hour because uh, some of it's editing, putting it online. And then after that, I, I um, see my family go. My wife and my daughter go to, she goes to work. My daughter goes to daycare. I help them get out the door. And then I'm sitting at home alone, which I got to say, I've been doing it for uh, a year and a half now. And I don't, I think this is coming to an end. You know, sitting at home is nice. And, and you know, it, it sounds nice, but it's not for me. I got to get out. Today, I think we, I might go down to the shop <clears throat> where my business partner's at and just help him out. Um, but every time we get together, we talk a lot about business and don't get a lot done. So I don't know. We'll see. But I can tell you right now that sitting at home is kind of um, killing it for me. I, I don't really... I enjoy it, but, like, I don't like being alone. I don't like sitting on my butt all day. So, like, there's a lot of cons to it. And I think we're going to get an office here, uh, and, or I'm going to get an office, and we can, I can use it to kind of help me with getting out of the house, having more of a work-style routine where I get up and go somewhere. That helps my me out a lot, too. Being stuck in the house 24 hours a day is, eh, not, I don't, I, I'm starting to get burned out with it. Um... <clears throat> okay, so I want to talk about a couple of um, the failures that I had that I just thought of. That way you know, like, hey, uh, it happens. You fail. I've had failures. I've had plenty of them. And these are just a couple that I thought of. One of them was, uh, I don't know what ma maintenance business this was, but I tried starting another maintenance business. This was a physical shop. And... Um, like I told you guys before, the physical shop thing versus the mobile. I open physical shops if I can get a killer rent deal. And with this particular one I did, I'm, I'm almost positive I didn't pay anything, right? The, the agreement I had with them was that <clears throat> I wasn't going to pay anything. But this shop was going to be opened in Jefferson, Iowa. And there's mistake number one. Talk to you in a minute. But this is a small town, small Iowa town, right? This is early on in my career. I had a friend who got his AMP, and he he wanted to kind of get involved. We talked about opening a shop, and together, and I would manage it or run it, help run it with him, and we would kind of partner on it, right? And I don't remember the exact details of the LLC structure and all that. I don't know if we got that far. I don't know if we just used it under my shell. It's been so long ago, but I can tell you that I remember a few things that happened. <coughs> First, me and my friend, uh, he was my friend before he was like this guy that I tried doing business with. We went up there and met with the board. These boards at these small airports are funny because they're like social hours, what it is. And we went up there and talked to them about doing maintenance. And they're excited because they probably haven't seen maintenance shop there in like God knows how long. <coughs> Excuse me. Went up there and... Um, Talked to him about doing the shop. They showed us the hangar we could work in, which, of course, every shop that I've, every airport that I've gone to and said, hey, we want to run a shop here, we've always had to clean someone else's hangar out. 
and this one was no different. You know, we they showed us a hangar we could open the business in. <clears throat> there was shit everywhere. And so me and my uh, business partner, after negotiating with the airport board, and um, I don't even, I, I would like to think we made a contract. I'd have to look back. But um, once we had the deal and we had the rights to be in the hangar, <clears throat> me and my, my friend, we or now business partner, we started cleaning out the hangar. We spent like a full day just cleaning out all this crap in this hangar, throwing away a lot of stuff, cleaning it up, making it look decent. Okay. After that, this this Jefferson, Iowa from Des Moines, which is where we were both, me and my friend were living at the time, is like close to an hour drive away. Okay. And there's uh, mistake number one. I'll go ahead and call him as I see him. I learned that one, it's different if I'm going to go to the place and do it, but it's before you have someone else go and do work for you, don't make them drive an hour every day to start up a shop. You better have, <clears throat> we didn't do this with capital, meaning like I didn't inject money in this. I started it on a budget, so I didn't pay him until he got jobs. So like literally we didn't have any jobs and we were sending him up an hour away from his home every morning to work on planes. Many days there wasn't any work, so he didn't get paid for it, and it was just a disaster. So right away, number one, unless you're going to fund this person's salary for like six months to a year, don't make them drive a long way to do work. I'd say over a half hour is too much, um, and that's issue number one. So anyway, we go up there <clears throat> to help get him business. I had one of our clients that was a remote air. He came... He would fly to our normal shop, said, hey, go up to our other shop to get worked on, and that gave him some business. Well, we end up getting the plane there, and then uh, my partner doesn't show up to do the work, right? Number two, issue number two. My partner had never done, my friend had never done any aviation business, entrepreneurship, starting a business in his life. So he didn't really understand the commitment it that was needed in order to make it work. So he bailed on me, right? And left me with a plane stuck in a hangar up in Jefferson, Iowa, and um, went on to go do other things. And <clears throat> at the end of the day, you know, was that a poor move on his part? Absolutely, uh, it was. But I understand he has things he has to do. He has to make money. He, has, he doesn't want to drive an hour every day. So I don't blame him, but like, Lesson learned for me, don't bring your friends on in business just because they're your friends. They have to have a background that shows that they are going to be consistent at going through hard times. This is Starting businesses is tough. It's tough. So um, mistake number two, hiring my friend that had no track record of opening businesses, managing businesses. He may have had some management past. I know he did, but like um, not to the degree of opening a, a new business. And so there's mission number or mistake number two. To clean that whole uh, mess up, I had to go up there and we had to get the plane out of there. We had to close down the shop, clean up, get the tools out. I think we did two jobs there total. Um, and so I, I personally, my friend didn't even help. He, I went up there and got the shop cleaned up, right? And uh, I'm still friends with this guy. <clears throat> Cause I understand where he's at with it. He has to go on and do his thing. Well, I have to go on and do my thing too. So together we just mutually 
kind of didn't get involved with business anymore. And I learned something and he probably learned something and therefore it wasn't a complete failure because we learned. And uh, I learned right then and there, don't open remote shops and have your guys drive up there, one. Don't do it and expect them, don't, don't hire your friend or someone who doesn't have a track record of opening a business or um, unless you're gonna fund it and I don't recommend that. And then the, the big thing with Jefferson, Iowa was I think there's like 20 planes there maybe. Way too small of a place, you know, to open a shop. Unless I lived in Jefferson, Iowa, let me give a caveat to you guys out there that are starting a shop in rural area. If you live in the area you are serving, different story. But when you have to move all your supplies and personnel over an hour every day, that that is two hours, you know, an hour one way. That's two hours round trip. That's a lot of time during the day. That's a lot of wear and tear on the car. If you live in a, the area, sure, you can go ahead and start it, but don't expect it to blow up. It takes time for a small area to blow up, to, for you to get, you know, you have to have, let's say in rural uh, Jefferson, Iowa had 20 planes base. Let's say that, you know, to get all those customers, which I would guess that we would probably get 70% of them, uh, that'd be 15 customers. That's going to round out to be a decent little shop for one guy, right? Well, then you want to expand out. So you want to hit all the airports in the immediate area right next to Jefferson and start networking with them. But what I'm getting at is Jefferson was small for us. Um, and it wasn't just small. It was just we didn't have the staff to back it up. So mistake number three, if you're going to open a lo new location, get the maintenance guy in that location, right? Make sure he's going to come to is going to be in that location. If he's going to move there, make sure he moves there. And um, <clears throat> don't have him drive out. Just don't. It's not going to be worth it. Uh, it may sound like you can do it. And if you're doing it as the business owner, that's different. You might have some commitment that he doesn't. And it depends on the partnership deal. If you partner with them enough to where, hey, you know, we're going to open this new location. You're going to be a 50-50 partner. That's that's different than trying to just say, hey, we're going to start this new location and I'm going to pay you 50 bucks an hour per billable hour or something like that. Dude, you, if you don't have any customers up there, he's going to be sitting around for a little bit, especially in a rural town, you know? So make sure you set it up right if you're going to expand. You, it's not like you can't do rural stuff. You just have to be smart about it. Okay, there's failure, one failure that I had, uh, opening a shop. So uh, one of the small shops that I tried opening. Early on when I took, I bought my first maintenance shop, this is failure number two, and I've had countless failures. So I'm just, these are the two I'm going to talk about. Um, I, I had my friend, another friend of mine before business come down and help me. We were going to start a parts business. This is great. We were going to start an aviation parts business because I just bought this uh, maintenance shop and I thought, Hey, all these parts are on the shelf all the time. You know, there's tons of good parts here. A lot of Beechcraft parts. The shop I bought had a lot of Beechcraft stuff. It's like, dude, this stuff is worth some money. Why aren't we, why aren't we putting it online and selling it? <clears throat> so once again, we started cataloging all these parts. I, I paid my friend to start writing all these part numbers down and getting them computerized. And we were going to make this thing into a, a big aviation parts business. Well, that didn't work out because um, I can't... The funny thing is, is that this happened before the Jefferson failure, the shop failure that I just talked about. 
So the I, I did the same mistake twice. I, I brought on my friend, not someone who had a track record of doing what we were doing, right? And <clears throat> that business didn't go anywhere because my friend, one, he was getting paid very little. Once again, I don't blame him, but I wasn't paying him a whole lot. He didn't have a job, so like it was a win for him because he just needed some income. But he, I don't know if he found a job that was going to make more money or maybe he just didn't like working with me because we were friends. I don't know. But to this day, uh, it didn't work out. We cataloged all the parts. We got something out of it because we computerized a lot of parts. We, we put part numbers on a lot of parts, but we never really got it to the point where we were selling online or marketing these parts sitting on the shelf. So those parts end up to this day. I think they've been moved around all over. They're in an install somewhere at a hangar, just hanging out, you know, thousands of dollars in parts just hanging out. And, um, so that, that didn't work out because we, one, I hired my friend Two, I didn't feel like funding this thing all the way, you know, after a month of paying this guy to catalog parts, it's like, when are we going to start making money? Well, I didn't plan it. That's the problem. I hired my friend, mistake number one. Number two, I didn't plan it appropriately. I didn't have goals. I didn't have my pad of paper method that I did to this today. This is all like early, pre-first time opening the business. So that failed. And so my point to that I'm going to finish this up with so I'm not rambling about my story is that you're going to fail to some degree when you start a business. The question is, are you going to keep going? after you fail? Are you going to learn after you fail? And if you do, then you will be successful. If you keep going after a failure and you take what what worked and what you take what worked and got rid of what didn't and move forward, then you're going to win. And then you be consistent, you're going to win. It's just going to be a matter of time. And um, so I'd really like to hear what you guys think. <clears throat> I'd like to hear what you guys think about the podcast. I'd like to hear what you think about today's episode about why aviation businesses fail. Um, let's hear your stories, you know, and if you're new to aviation and you want to start a business, give us a topic on the show here and uh, we'll talk about it. And so we're coming up on 38 minutes, so I'm going to wrap this thing up. Uh, thanks for stopping by the Grease Pilot Show. This is Michael Sawyer, and we'll talk to you guys later.